Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Alleluia. Amen. When this scripture came up in the lectionary back in the beginning of Lent, before all of the rest of this happened, it struck me as a terrific one to go with our theme of wilderness. Now, a month and change later, it's hard not to read it a bit more literally than I think any of us generally like to do. We are living in a time of literal death a finding that we are, in fact, flesh and bone. Each of us confronted with a virus that ignores all of the human distinctions that we usually pride ourselves on. And I would imagine that the Israelites, those bones in the valley, felt rather the same. These were the people who had experienced war war against Babylon, against a far larger and more powerful enemy. These were people who had known literal death and who were still grieving their losses. When we read texts like this, we should not discount that literal death. We should not discount those beloved who died in the siege of Jerusalem when the temple came down, who died on their way into exile in Babylon, who die for lack of medical equipment in a modern hospital. For that is part of what makes us feel like dry bones, scattered in a barren wilderness. But that last point is crucial as we enter into this text. The bones do not belong to those whom we have lost. They are our bones. They are us. In our grief and our despair, and all of the feelings that this time inspires. As we walk through this wilderness, one that a friend of mine called the lentiest Lent that ever Lented, the landscapes of our lives feel reduced and barren and dry. And all that gives life appears to wither, reduced to one anxious topic, on every channel, on every radio station, in every podcast, in every conversation, there is just one topic. It can be hard not to feel utterly and consumed and devoured. All of our softer parts stripped down as we find ourselves more clearly vulnerable than we have ever been willing to admit hardened by grief, both real and anticipated, in a world that feels dry and alien and scarred and desolate. Mortal. Can these bones live? Of course, that's the question of the moment, isn't it? The question of life and death, one that feels closer now that we live in an environment of despair and fear, navigating the perils even of a grocery store run. Can these bones, my bones, my family's bones, survive? It's the question that is upon our hearts in these days, but it is not quite the question that interests Ezekiel or God. What does it take? to make that which has dried up and fallen apart find renewal? What does it take to lift us out of barrenness and restore us? 
mortal. Can these bones live? Can the parts of us that have withered and turned inward, the parts that have hardened and become brittle, the parts that have fallen alone, can these bones live? It seems impossible. And even Ezekiel had to have had a moment of gazing across a plain of desolation and destruction, holding God's question in his heart and wondering whether such obvious death could be reversed. Even his response, Oh God, you know, hints at a hesitation in the face of such despair, might indeed be a little bit of a cop-out. It seems impossible. And though the quote about all things being possible through God is one of the most known and popular in the Bible, it is worth us noting that God does not simply zap the bones and restore their life. But rather, God calls. God speaks to the bones through Ezekiel, through one who is flesh and bone himself, who bears more relationship to that which is dry and scattered than indeed the creator of all that is. In these verses, bone calls bone and flesh calls flesh to hear the word of God, to respond to the word of God. The question truly is, mortal, can these bones live? And the answer, it seems, is that they can if they want to. They can if they will listen. They can when they can hear and recognize the word of God, singing and blowing and whispering around them. And when bone calls bone and flesh calls flesh, the bones come together, these dry, hard, brittle parts that we have been reduced to, the inward-facing fetal position parts of ourselves, the deepest instinct fight-or-flight that can't even fight anymore and is just curled up, trying to escape its own self. Those bones come together, for no bone by itself can stand, let alone live. And in their joining, they are strengthened and they are softened. Interconnected, interdependent. Each sinew, each muscle, each tendon reminding us that we have each other. That we are not individuals alone. That as strong as we are together, the word of God continues to speak to our churches, to our communities, to our nations. The word of God continues to prophesy, continues to speak through flesh and bone, continues to implore us to hear and to breathe and to live in the spirit of God. For the calling of the bones is more than just the restoration of our lives. It is a new creation. It is a new joining of flesh and spirit. It is a new beginning rather than a continuation of what has been. 
Here again, God calls us out of the abyss, just as happened before the beginning. God calls us out of the dry nothingness that seems to be everywhere. God calls us out of the valley of the shadow of death and into the unimaginable new. For we know that while the world as it has been prizes individualism, the world as it has been breaks us apart, pits us against each other until we are ripped asunder and left to fall into dry, despairing pieces. The breath of God reforms us and molds us in new ways that are not just an imitation of what has been, but are the possibilities of what yet could be. The breath of God makes us new until we become one in all of our bodies, with all of our bones, until we become the embodiment of that which is released to the captives and freedom to the oppressed, the promises of God's Holy Spirit, until the gospel becomes good news to the least of these whom God has created and blessed and continues to call. Mortal, can these bones live? That's up to us. We are called by God's holy word, spoken through prophets and apostles, to become more than the sum of our parts, more than just muscle and sinew and bone, but to become the embodiment of the living God walking through this land. Mortal, can these bones live? Can that which fear and despair have rendered dry and desolate yet be renewed, recreated flesh and bone, community and divinity, to be the living gospel in the world? Mortal, can these bones live? Can that which has known the barren isolation of death yet show forth the abundance of God's life for all of creation? The prophets speak. The word of God rings throughout the land. The spirit of God hovers over us even now. Mortal, can these bones live? O oh Lord God, you know. Thanks be to God. Amen.